your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 330 of Locked On Canadians. And today we are brought to you by Locker Room, the audio-only live chat app. And we will be using Locker Room later this week. More details on that later. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Sabat. Laura, I know you're feeling a little bit under the weather, so I won't keep you for too long. How are you doing uh, the day after the Canadians' big win over the Winnipeg Jets? Well, I'm still here, which is a good sign. I am, I am available to record, which is another good sign. Uh, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what they're going to do with that D. I, I don't know and I don't envy them at all. Uh, and I know we've got some thoughts on that coming up in this episode, but I really, if it's, if that's me, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to figure out what to do. So looking at this, the Canadians next game, and you'll be listening to this before that is a rematch with the Winnipeg Jets. And as we talked about, uh, on Tuesday's episode, the Canadians' defense was not great. Carey Price was. And what can they do to change the narrative around this game uh, upcoming here is that I'm looking at the way they played. From the neutral zone out, they were fantastic. But with the puck in their own zone, there were a lot of little mistakes. And I think the easiest thing is kind of reset the defense a little bit and go Kulak with... Weber, Edmondson, and Petrie, because we know that's going to work. We know Jeff Petrie is going to work with anybody. And then, I don't know if you go Romanov and Willette again. I would not. I don't know. Maybe you go, you know, five defenders and 13 forwards on a given night and have Arturi Lekkinen in the lineup or play Victor Mete. Do something to shake it up a little bit. I... They were lucky enough that they kind of kept the Jets big guns, the Pierre-Luc Dubois, Mark Scheifele, Blake Wheeler, Josh Morrissey off the score sheet. Kyle Connor did score twice, but when you keep players also like Nikolai Ehlers for making an impact on the scoreboard, you're doing something right. I think the biggest thing is they need to tighten up their penalty kill once again. I mean, if we're assuming Carey Price is going to come out and give you at least 920 goaltending again, the least you can do in front of him is tighten up on the penalty kill a bit. And I think a part of that is they're kind of putting new bodies in there because obviously without Ben Sherratt, who is still not on LTIR, and we will get into that a little bit later, the Canadians are kind of, you know, shuffling as they go. And I think if the forward lines stay the way they are, I do think Arturi Lekkinen is going to end up in the lineup on Wednesday night. Only because Paul Byron was put on waivers on Tuesday. We're recording this before we find out what happened to him. So if he gets claimed or if he passes through, we will update that after the fact. But I think it's time for Lekin to get back in the lineup and just the small little changes for Dominique Ducharme to kind of tweak what was a good victory, but one that could be even better. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. I think the Canadians need a lot more clean victories uh, going forward if they're going to be able to get their game together in time for the playoffs. I still think that the Canadians are going to be one of four teams, one of the four teams to make the playoffs. 
and I think that it's very likely that they're going to meet Calgary or Toronto or both. Uh, and I think that it's extremely important for them to uh, be able to play a solid, cohesive game. We need the adjustments that Dominique Ducharme is making up front to also translate on the back end. We absolutely need the Canadians to play a better transition game. We want them to be able to dominate games. And if not completely dominate them, we want them to be able to be in control of the game. Not take control of the game, to just be in control of the game. And, and, and I know there's a very subtle difference with what I'm saying, but that's definitely something that the Canadians need to do if they're going to be successful this offseason, this postseason, not offseason, this postseason. <laughs> yeah, because we've seen them take over a game, like the game against the Jets where they won 7-1, the games against the Canucks, their games that they've won outside of, you know, a couple games against Ottawa, they take control of the game and they put a stranglehold on it and then do not allow anything coming in there. They know that they can skate with this team at 5-on-5. Five five. They have been outstanding at 5-on-5 five five this year. One of the best teams, if not the best team, in terms of goals allowed at 5-on-5. Five five. And in the North Division, they have the fewest regulation losses right now. This is a team that is a bit flawed in unique circumstances in that had they figured out 3-on-3 three three or their penalty kill or their power play earlier in the year, there's a good chance Claude Julian is still the head coach of this team, but right now, that's not the case. I look at this next game. The Jets and the Canadians match up very well on so many levels. They have very good goaltenders. I mean, Connor Hellebuck is very much still in his prime. Carey Price is on the downside of his career, but is still playing very well right now. Extremely talented forward groups, a deep forward group, too, with a few you know weak spots here or there, but across the board, really strong group, and then defenses with bright spots that are highly flawed. I look at the Jets defense and Neil Pionk and Josh Morrissey have been good, but then there's a bunch of Tucker Pullman and Logan Stanley and Nathan Beaulieu and Derek Forbort in there, just like there's a struggling Shea Weber and uh, Xavier Ouellette who hasn't quite found his place in the lineup yet, but good pieces like Petrie and Kulak who we know what we're getting from them. And it's such an oddly even matchup that I think this is the best indication of where the Canadians are at right now. Toronto has those high-end elite stars. Vancouver is a mess. Ottawa is a mess. Calgary is an unknown. But I look at this matchup with the Jets, and I think we're going to learn a lot about what this team is. They can't rest on what they did in their last couple games against the Jets now. They've scored, I believe, it's 11 goals in the last two games against the Jets. Don't sit on that. Find the improvements that you can make and then go from there. And speaking of improvements, there might be some NCAA help on the way as prospects finish up their tournament play. And some of them are likely not bound for the Frozen Four. And we're going to get into that coming up next. If you've ever wanted to hang out and chat with us, the hosts of Locked On Canadians, have we got the opportunity for you with Locker Room. Locker Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use. You can talk to us, the host, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. And you can share your own experiences right on the app. You can join in whenever you want, and you're going to be able to talk with us, the hosts, and other fans of not only this show, but the Montreal Canadiens as a whole. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS App Store. Sorry, Android, not right now. Create a profile, 
link your Twitter, and join the Locked On Canadians group. You'll be able to follow at Locked On Canadians to be notified when the room goes live whenever we are doing a show. And for the first time ever, after the game on Friday night, Locked On Canadians will be live as soon as the game against the Vancouver Canucks is over. We want you to come with your spiciest but fair takes, respect people in the room, and it's going to be a hell of a fun time. That's Locker Room Sports. We will be tweeting out the link as soon as the game is over. Get that app downloaded and join us on Friday, folks. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate in all bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. And today's matchup is the new Coconut Puff versus Peanut Butter. You've got the classic peanut butter and chocolate-flavored protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And then you got a new contender, Coconut Puff. After its brother Churro Puff got knocked out against Cookies and Cream, you got to try it. It's so – I'm not a big coconut person, but this has swayed me right here. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will be the best-tasting protein bar. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, get more of the sports news you need in less time with Locked On Today. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Laura, you and I the other night talked a little bit about Cole Caulfield's two-goal game to send Wisconsin in to the Big Ten championship against, I believe it is Minnesota who beat Michigan. So that's going to be one hell of a showdown. Even if Caulfield and the Badgers don't win the Big Ten title, they're likely going to the Frozen Four anyways because they are a top-five team in the country right now. Unfortunately, out east, Northeastern was eliminated in the first round against the University of Massachusetts. I don't know if Northeastern is going to get an at-large bid into the Frozen Four tournament, and that leaves two prospects kind of in limbo right now. Jaden Struble, who's in his second year, and I expect to return for his junior season at Northeastern, and Jordan Harris, who stepped up and played a huge role for the Huskies this year, grabbed himself a Hobie Baker nomination. It's not 100% assured that he's going to be returning to college uh, for his senior season. And I look at the needs of the Canadians right now, and I look at the needs of the Laval Rocket as well. They need a steady, puck-moving, defensively responsible defender, and Jordan Harris fits that bill I know there's a lot of talk about Matthias Norlander and everyone still loves Alexander Romanov and Josh Brook is playing a really great game down in Laval right now, but I'm wondering if the Canadians kind of look at Harris and go, we could use him right now in the NHL, whether he's next to Jeff Petrie or Alexander Romanov or, you know, I don't think he should play next to Shea Weber, but he's the exact kind of player they need there right now. It's NCAA season and I'm really excited about that. Not only... Can we see guys like Jordan Harris, undrafted free agents, seniors who don't have NHL deals? This is a time for Mark Bergevin to get creative, and we know how good he is at that. Honestly, they do need to because we are both at a loss for what they're going to do at this point. We already know right now that Ben Sherratt's going to be out, but even when he was in, he was not. It's not that he was ineffective; it's that he that that he he and Shea Weber together were effective at being bad 
Um, and <laughs> I, I, I just, for me, I think they need to do what it possibly, what they can, whatever they can possibly do, whatever is in their ability to do, they need to do because at this point, it seems like a hopeless case. And it's not like, you know, the individual players, like if you look at Romanov, if you look at Mete, they are worth things. Like they do have talents, they do have uh, abilities, and you need to maximize that on the defense as a whole. Because what's happening, as we noted in our last episode, that last game against Winnipeg, is that there's one pairing that is being dragged down by the others. And not only that, like by significantly so, so it doesn't matter how much good that Jeff Petrie can do with Kulak or whoever else they pair him with. It matters how much bad the other, there's two other pairings that you have to think about. And if those are a net negative, then you're really dragging the team defense down and you're putting the team in situations where your goaltender has to stand on his head more often than not. And as well as Carey Price is playing, as well as Jake Allen has been playing this season, I think that they really need to do something about their defense and, you know, shipping somebody in and, and shipping someone else out might have to be the way they go. And, and that's the thing is I'm, I'm kind of keeping an eye on Kyle Dubas's press conference right now. And he mentioned he wants to, tr- he would be open to trading a top prospect for help right now. And I look at the Canadians and what Mark Bergevin has done. I don't think Cole Caulfield's going anywhere. I don't think Caden Gooley is going anywhere. There might be other names in play at that time, depending on who's out there. And we're going to get into the trade deadline in the final segment. But I look at what they have in the pool right now, a ready-made prospect in Jordan Harris, who I think is going to be a very effective, not flashy, mind you, but very good NHL player right now. It's it's the waiting part that kills me now because it's my favorite season is that you never know because a couple of years ago, Ryan Palin turned pro. We all know how that went, but also Caden Primo turned uh, pro and we weren't really expecting that. And now we're waiting on Cole Caulfield and we're waiting on Jordan Harris and whoever else out there. The Canadians have the ability to help themselves from within. They don't necessarily have to trade for talent. They need scoring. Okay, Cole Caulfield will be available by April. The Canadians, unless something devastating happens, are still going to be in the spot that they're in, if not better by then. And then you just put Cole Caulfield right in there. You didn't have to give up anything you're not trading futures and hoping that it works out, even though they still might do that, and I assume they probably will. And even if Harris isn't the guy in Montreal, he could very easily be the guy for the Laval Rocket right now who have taken Guillaume Brisebois from the Vancouver Canucks organization and are playing him right now because they were so short on ready-made defensemen. And even in the AHL, if Harris goes there, if the Canadians want to bring someone up, Someone like Josh Brook has been playing really well. Otto Leskinen has been playing very well. Kale Fleury has NHL experience, but is a distant third behind those three, uh, behind those two on the call-up chart. The Canadians' ability to replace from within is going to be tested. Even right now, Jesse Yelinen, who is lighting it up for the Rocket. Jordan Wheel is still there. Unfortunately, Raphael Harvey-Pinard cannot be called up because he's on an AHL-only deal. The Canadians have options from within. And I'm really excited because I think sooner or later, depending on what goes down at the trade deadline or with waiver claims, we're going to see some of these names in the NHL sooner rather than later. And if that saves you money because they're already on your cap, I don't see what the issue is here. 
I absolutely don't see an issue with it. And and the thing is, like, it's it's one of those things where like you're looking at this this kind of season, this kind of you know out of out of place, everything everything is just kind of in an uproar. You just might as well take advantage of it and just try and get crazy and get creative. That that's all I have to say about it. And I think that's it. Getting creative is something Mark Bergevin has always uh, always done for better or for worse. Quite frankly. Uh, and speaking of getting creative, the trade deadline this year is going to be extremely difficult because if you are trading into Canada, there is a two-week quarantine. However, Elliot Friedman has mentioned the Canadians are in on some names, and I have some, I guess I'll call it a wish list that I'm looking for ahead of the trade deadline next month, and we're going to get into that coming up next. Before we go any further today, I want to talk to you about one of our show sponsors, betonline.ag. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Wednesdays on Lockdown NHL, take a deep dive into the Western Conference with Sarah Avampato of Lockdown Kings and Tom Gazzola of Lockdown Oilers. Whether it's a look at the top-end contenders like Vegas and Colorado or breaking down the rebuild of the Kings and Blackhawks, Lockdown NHL has you covered on Western Conference Wednesdays. Subscribe to Locked on NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So we know the trade deadline is going to be weird. There's two-week quarantines outside of Canada. I can't imagine there's going to be a ton of people within the North Division trading with each other. But the Canadians are linked to names outside of the North Division right now, one of which that Elliot Friedman mentioned on the radio was Matthias Ekholm, that the Canadians had done their due diligence checking in on that. And I think Matthias Ekholm would be an outstanding add to this team. The only issue is right now, cap friendly lists the Canadians current cap space at $65,000. I do not think Matthias Ekholm only costs $65,000. That obviously doesn't include Paul Byron moving to the taxi squad and the Canadians have not put Ben Sherratt on long-term injured reserve and gained that immediate cap relief of his three and a half million dollar cap hit plus whatever else might be going on right now, I really think there's something afoot here. And because it's Mark Bergevin, we don't know what it's going to be. But I think my bigger wish, I guess, because I'm banking on Jordan Harris coming to the NHL sooner rather than later, is the name Anthony Mantha, who apparently is available from the Detroit Red Wings. And I think he's the exact kind of player that Mark Bergevin is going to be looking for. Big player, good goal-scoring touch. He absolutely torched the Canadians last year in those uh, Detroit wins over Montreal. And, Laura, I what are your expectations for the trade deadline here? I'm not expecting a ton of news across the board, but I'm still expecting the Canadians to somehow also be extremely active. I think we're, our, our judgment is kind of uh, based on the fact that uh, Mark Bergevin seems to be willing to pull out all the stops because it is a do or die season. I mean, I, he doesn't act like it, but he's definitely on the hot seat. He's gone all out. He's made so many changes 
that at this point, if the Canadians don't see some success, they're in trouble. Um, personally, you know, when we were talking about this and we were talking about how on Detroit, Dylan Larkin's probably like untouchable. And I was just like, well, damn it. <laughs> I mean, how many other players would you want from that roster? I do think that it, it's kind of unlikely that they would do like do a trade for a long term situation. Because all these teams that we're talking about, like the Buffaloes, the Detroits, like those kinds of, uh, of teams, they are in the Canadians division again next year. We're assuming it's going to go back to the way that it was uh, post, uh, I guess, I can't say post COVID because it's going to be around for a while. But, you know, when things open up, um, I'm assuming they're going to realign back to the way that, that things were. So all of these teams that we're talking about, like if, if, if there's teams that are sellers, like you would expect Detroit to be, or like Detroit has, has clearly is going to be, I personally think that it is highly unlikely that these teams will do a trade with Montreal unless it's one of those short-term rental deals and they don't have, they don't see a lot of potential of hurting themselves in the long term. As for Montreal, they clearly need to do something, but I don't want it to be them doing something for something's sake. Like it's not just to shake things up. You know, I'd rather they look from within, like we just talked about in the last segment. I would much prefer they do that as much as I think the Canadians still need some help on the D and as much as I think that, you know, if their defense was a little bit more solid, their uh, offense wouldn't, wouldn't be a problem at all. Like I know we still have some questions and minor things that we would fix and tweak up there, but I think it's really the defensive play as a whole. That's, that's kind of holding the team back. If you're not going to be able to find somebody who's going to solidify that back end, there's really no point in giving up assets and there's really no point because I mean, there's going to be that two week quarantine, right? So it really has to be in your mind. It really has to be like, will this player help me in the playoffs? And you have to much more than any other trade deadline. You have to be at least sure that you are going to make the playoffs this time around. And I think you're right with that is that I don't expect there to be long-term players traded here, but stranger things have very much most definitely happened and for the Canadians, are, you're looking at the way this team is right now. How much do you want to give up when you have so much coming in the pipeline? You have 14 draft picks. If you want to mortgage some of those, that's fine. But I don't see Bergevin making that splash and giving up, you know, names like a Caulfield, a Struble, a Norlinder, or something like that, because he doesn't know what they have, you know, at the NHL level or the professional level yet. And I don't think with how much he has talked about, you know, Caulfield and these other players, it's very clear he's trying to promote all these guys up from within. And we're seeing that right now with the work the Rocket are doing. And I know people are sick and tired of hearing me talk about the work Joel Bouchard's doing in Laval, but it's hard to ignore that. He's doing, you know, God's work pretty much down there and turning these players. Josh Brook went from a real rough rookie season, and this year he looks outstanding. Caden Primo looks much better. Jesse Yolanen looks outstanding in his first North American season. Raphael Harvey-Pernard was a seventh-round draft pick, and he is looking like an irritating version of Brendan Gallagher at the AHL level. Now, what can he do when he gets Jaden Struble, who has that athleticism and skill? Someone like Norlinder, who kind of needs to work on some of his defensive abilities a little bit. Someone like a Cole Caulfield who might need to get some of the ins and out of the professional game at the AHL level. I don't think he does. It's not hard to see what Mark Bergman's plan is. And I think depending on how desperate teams are, 
he's going to find some kind of deal that's going to work out. I'm not thinking he's going to get Jeff Petrie again. If he does, that'd be, that'd be awesome because thank you Oilers for stocking our blue line for the next 10 years. But I think it's going to be a very intriguing proposition. I wonder if we're going to see teams trading from this player to this team and getting someone back, but then the middle team is trading the player that was just traded to another team in the North division and they're exchanging, kind of getting roundabout ways to get someone they want without directly trading with a rival. I think we're going to see a lot of, I don't want to call it shenaniganery because that's kind of unfair. It is all well and legal. I, I think it's going to be, we're going to find out which GMs are very creative and which ones just aren't even going to try coming up at the trade deadline. And the trade deadline is April 12th. It is a Monday we will have your reaction afterwards. I believe the Canadians are probably playing that day. They usually do. So we will have all of your live reaction to that. As always, you can catch us on Locker Room this Friday after the Canucks game for our first ever live post game. As always, if you want to follow the show, we are on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Laura is at The Active Stick. I am at Scott Mallett. We are on Locker Room at L Lockdown Canadians. You can find this show wherever you get your daily podcasts on Google, Apple, Spotify, or wherever else. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you all next time.